Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Thanks, Phil. Good morning, everyone. It's uh, great to be here with you all this morning. Um, I've never done a, a sermon on a Sunday morning, never mind sitting down, so a few firsts for me this morning, but I'm, I'm really excited to be here and sharing with you guys um, this morning. As Phil said, um, I'm one of the youth pastors here in Emmanuel, if you're watching online or here this morning uh, and don't really know me. So, um, yeah, it's been a while since I've, I've done a talk uh, in church on Sunday, so I'm really, really excited for this this morning. I'm excited to be continuing on with our um, Meet the Family series. Um, it's been amazing over the last number of weeks to kind of focus on some key characters in the Bible and then um, see what we can learn from them. Um, but I don't know about you, but I've been so blessed and encouraged just hearing from people in our own church family who are kind of carrying something similar to those characters that we've been studying. So we're going to continue that on um, this morning, and we're going to be focusing on um, Joshua this morning. Um, he was an up-and-coming um, young leader that eventually took over from Moses. So I'm going to share about Joshua for about 15, 20 minutes or so, and then I'm going to invite one of our young adults up, um, who uh, leadership is just all over, uh, and we're going to have a bit of a, a chat with him. But I'll hold you in suspense as to who that is until later on. Um, so does that sound okay this morning? <laughs> Dave's excited. <laughs> um, so good, before we kind of look at what we can learn from Joshua, what God might want to be saying to us this morning, um, I thought I'd just give a really brief kind of overview of kind of Joshua's story, which it's going to be really hard because there's lots uh, in Joshua's story and it's probably going to be impossible to sum up in uh, a couple of minutes. So I'm just going to look at some of the main things that happened, and then see what we can learn from the life of, of Joshua. Um, I'm sure you'll all be familiar um, with different stories uh, in the life of Joshua, so I'm just going to go over some of them briefly. So um, as you all know, the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt, and God raised up Moses to lead them out of slavery, and they, um, they split the Red Sea, uh, and they went into the wilderness for about 40 years. Um, and once they crossed the Red Sea and gone into the wilderness for 40 years. Lots happened in those years and Joshua was by Moses' side as his right-hand man for most of those 40 years. Joshua defeated the Amalekites in battle while Moses was up interceding on the hill. They built the tabernacle for God to come and dwell in. Um, God met Moses on Mount Sinai and gave him the, the commandments. God provided for Israel, but they continued to engaged with other false gods and they struggled to put God first um, and then eventually God led Israel to the borders of the promised land the land of Canaan where Moses died and Joshua was installed as Israel's new leader um, and when Joshua was installed as their new leader he led them into the promised land this promise that God had been given the Israelites had been holding on to for 40 years um, he led the Israelites to many victories over other nations that were inhabiting the promised land, that were living there. Uh, and once they had kind of taken control of the promised land, then he divided up the land between the 12 tribes. Uh, and then Joshua was an older man at 110 years. He kind of rallied the Israelites all together, gave them two kind of final sermons 
and then Joshua died at 110 years old. Um, and so there's just three main points that I kind of want to pick out of the life of Joshua that I think are maybe relevant for us this morning um, and what we can, can learn from this morning. So the first one's on the screen there. It says, Joshua was strong and courageous in the face of difficult circumstances and great opposition. And that's the first thing I think we can learn from the life of Joshua. So out of the 25 times that these words, be strong and courageous, are used in the Bible, four of them is God telling Joshua to be strong and courageous. In the first chapter of the book of Joshua, uh, when Joshua's just installed as Israel's new leader, God says to him three times in that one chapter, be strong and courageous. And then we start to see how this was lived out throughout Joshua's life. Um, he was strong and courageous because he led the Israelites in many battles, in 13 battles, and he was victorious in 12 of those battles. We see another example of Joshua being strong and courageous in Numbers 13 and 14. So at this point, the Israelites had kind of neared the borders of the promised land, the <coughs> land of Canaan. Um, and God had told Moses to send out 12 spies to go and spy out the land of Canaan and to see if it, uh, they'd be able to take control of it, to see if they'd be able to go and inhabit it. So the 10 spies, uh, they come back and give this report. 10 of the 12 spies give this report in Numbers 13, 27 to 28 and 31 to 33. So they say this. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All those people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak, come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. So these 10 spies that came back with this report, they were not strong and courageous. They were full of fear. And I love how Dave and Laura led us in worship this morning, like, you would think that we had talked about this, but we haven't, and I'm sharing something similar to what we were kind of pressing into in worship, so I'm really excited about this and feel this is really relevant for us. So these, these 10 spies were afraid. They came back. They, 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 their fear led to a failure to trust in God. They're like, the, the people that are inhabiting the land of Canaan, they're too big. They're too great for us. We can't go in and take control of that land. They didn't trust in God's power. They didn't trust that God would be with them. They didn't trust that God would give them the land. Um, however, the other two spies, as you remember, there were 12 that were sent, were Joshua and Caleb, and they came back with a very different report. Um, so we see what they report back um, in Numbers 14, verses 6 to 10. So this is what they say. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, I think that might be how you pronounce it, um, who were among those who had explored the land, they tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. 
So here we see Joshua is strong and courageous. He says that they don't need to be afraid because God is with them. He fully trusted that God is who he says he is. He trusted that God was powerful enough to deliver them from the people that were inhabiting the land, these people that looked bigger and stronger than them. He trusted that God would give them the land as he said he would. He trusted that God would fight their battles for them. He was strong and courageous. And this trust and faith in God gave Joshua the ability to be strong and courageous in the face of great opposition. Even when everyone, everyone else was doubting, when the pressure was on, they were pressuring Joshua and Caleb into maybe making a different decision. They were strong and courageous. Joshua and Caleb remained strong and courageous, and God allowed them actually to enter into the promised land because of their faith. The other 10 spies weren't allowed into the promised land because of their lack of faith. So for us today, we need leaders, we need followers of God who are going to be strong and courageous in the face of great opposition. You know, the opposition that Christians are facing today is just ever increasing, especially kind of in this Western world as well. It's increasing for us, something that we maybe haven't known for years. It seems that today you can be anything that you want, apart from a Christian. Um, the church is facing many battles. There's the mental health crisis, the legalization of abortion right up to birth, increase in poverty rates. There's just rampant out of control individualism and consumerism. There's many battles that we are facing and we need people who are not going to hide away, but who are going to stand up and uh, not like the 10 spies who kind of hid away, but we need people like Joshua who are going to trust God, who are confident that God can change things. We need people who will stand up and fight for God's kingdom to come and infiltrate our society and bring breakthrough in these issues like Joshua and Caleb were trying to do. We all know that, that young people face lots of temptation and pressure, and Joshua was a young leader coming through. We need a generation of leaders who are strong and courageous, that don't conform to the ways of the world, but actually submit to God. Joshua and Caleb could have conformed. They could have just went along with the other 10 spies and said, yeah, you know what? They're quite big. They're quite strong. I don't think we should go and try and inhabit the land that God said he would give to us. It would have been easy to just follow the crowd, and, but they didn't. They were strong and courageous. They stood up and were counted. And for that, God blessed them and allowed them to enter in to the promised land. Is my headset a wee bit rattly? Is it all right? I'm get, I've never used this before either. I usually have the handheld. Um, good. So it would have been really easy as well. The guys were saying that the, 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 the Israelites were going to stone Joshua and Caleb for what they were saying. But they stood up. They were strong and courageous. And we need to be more like this too. Um, but it would be really easy for me to just get up here this morning and say, you know, we all need to be strong and courageous. We look at the life of Joshua. He was strong and courageous. We need to be like that and maybe just leave it there. But I'm sure some of you are sitting there thinking, you know, it's all well and good saying be strong and courageous, but how do we actually live like that? We can't really all the time just pluck up courage out of nowhere. Um, but when you look at Joshua's life, you realize that there was something underpinning this strength and this courage that he had. There was uh, ways that he was living that allowed him to walk in strength and courage, um, which is what brings me to my, my second point. Joshua was someone who waited on the Lord, and he had a deep desire to encounter God. He waited on the Lord. Joshua would have witnessed many mighty acts of God. He 
had um, witnessed God delivering the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. He would have witnessed the destruction of the Egyptian army. Um, he would have witnessed the manna and the quail, God providing water from the rock. God um, gave Joshua the victory over the Amalekites. God had seen, or Joshua had seen God at work. He'd seen his power. Um, he'd witnessed who God was, and he's probably getting more and more intrigued by the day um, about who this God was. So Joshua, he developed a hunger to know God, a fervency for his presence. He wanted to give everything to this God that he had witnessed and saw um, firsthand. So Exodus 24, 13 to 18 says this. Then Joshua set out with Moses, his aide, and Moses went up on the mountain of God. He said to the elders, wait here for us until we come back to you. Aaron and her are with you and anyone involved in a dispute can go to them. When Moses went up the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days, the cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went on up the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, when you look kind of closely at this passage, it seems to suggest that Moses took Joshua up Mount Sinai with him um, to some sort of maybe base point on Mount Sinai. And then Moses kind of sent the elders and Aaron and her back down to the camp to the Israelites to kind of sort out any disputes and to kind of look after them while Moses was up the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. It seems that to suggest that Joshua actually stayed at the base of the mountain there and Moses went further on up into the cloud. So for me, I always wonder, you know, what would Joshua have been doing for those 40 days and 40 nights when he was on his own at the base of Mount Sinai when Moses was a little further on up? I always wonder what he would have been doing. And I can maybe take a bit of a guess. This is my assumption. I think that he was probably trying to get a glimpse of this God that he was so eager and hungry to know. He was probably praying and worshiping God. Maybe he saw the pillar of cloud at the top of the mountain where Moses was. And maybe he just wanted to stay there until he heard God's voice too. Maybe he didn't want to leave the mountain until he experienced God for himself. He had a deep desire to encounter God. And a few chapters later, as you can see on the screen, this desire and fervency for God uh, is confirmed. Exodus 33, 7-11 says this. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshiped each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. But his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Joshua did not leave the tent. There's a lot of, lot of tents in those few verses there. Um, but this tent of meeting, this was a temporary place that Moses had kind of built outside the camp um, before they had built the tabernacle. It was a place where God's presence would come and dwell, where Moses would speak face to face with God as a man speaks to a friend. 
But when Moses was finished speaking with God and would return to the camp, as we see, Joshua stayed at the tent. Some scholars believe that Joshua, he just stayed there because he was tending to the tent because he was Moses' young age. Maybe he was just fixing it up, patching it, doing some repairs. But I believe Joshua wanted more. He longed to be in the presence of God. He would have conversed with God, had a deep, intimate relationship with him. He centered his whole life around seeking God and his presence. Now it starts to make sense why Joshua was able to live with such strength and such courage. He had experienced God. He built up a trust and he had faith in God. He knew whatever circumstances he faced, that um, the full power and force of God was with him. He knew that the, the God of the heavens and earth was with him. That's why he could be strong and courageous in the face of great opposition, because he knew who this God was. There's an analogy that um, Phil has used sometimes um, that I think kind of explains this quite well. So if you imagine um, you play rugby, I know there's a few, few guys in here that play for different teams. Um, say you're just playing a, a local match, Lurgan, against someone else, okay, and you turn up and you're playing the other team and you think, here they look they look quite big they look quite strong i don't really fancy our chances against them you know you're maybe a bit fearful a bit timid you don't think that you're going to win um but then all of a sudden the all blacks turn up and they tell you that they're going to play on your team uh that would just completely change how your view on on the match you'd be able to play with such confidence such authority because you know that the full power and weight of the All Blacks, the best ever rugby team in the world, is behind you, they are with you. And it's like that for Joshua, he was able to enter into these battles, he was able to face this great opposition because he knew that the full power and authority of God was with him. The creator of the heavens and the universe was with him. That's why, not like the 10 spies who kind of were like, mm, I'm not sure. God, or Joshua and Caleb knew who God was, knew that he was with them, so they could face it with strength and with courage. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Joshua wasn't strong and courageous um, because he was full of himself. He was strong and courageous because he was full of the Spirit of God. Joshua, um, he wasn't strong and courageous because he was confident in his own abilities, like lots of kind of young leaders can be. He was strong and courageous because he was confident in the God who he served. We, we get to the story, we all know it well, the famous story of the walls of Jericho. Joshua had won many battles, um, but when it came to Jericho, the city of Jericho, the tactics looked a little bit different. God told him to march around the walls for seven days and that he would make the walls fall down and crumble and they'd be able to take um, the city. So you're thinking this Israelite army, they've won lots of battles, they've maybe marched around the walls the first day and nothing really happened. And they're probably thinking, okay, you know, it's the first day. We're just trying something new. We, you know, we'll go again tomorrow. The second day, they're maybe getting a little bit disappointed. There was no sign of anything. Um, the third day, there's maybe some groans from um, the, the Israelite army. They're maybe thinking, you know, why are we walking around this city every day? You know, there's no sign of any breakthrough. The fourth day, they're probably getting very frustrated, thinking there's not even a crack on the wall. You know, God, where are you? Maybe some of the soldiers were starting to say, why don't we just go back to our old tactics? Why don't we just invade and engage in a battle? Um, maybe they wanted to take things into their own hands. These are just how I am I'm reading it, my assumptions. Joshua was maybe tempted to take things into his own hands. But no, 
He was strong and courageous in a difficult situation. And he waited on the Lord. He waited on the Lord to show up. He waited the seven days and the breakthrough came. And Joshua was able to do this because he was practicing it in his everyday life. He, he had done this before. He had a desire to encounter God. He waited on the Lord on Mount Sinai. He waited on the Lord in the tent of meeting. This is something that Joshua was doing regularly. So whenever difficult times came, he was able to wait on the Lord to show up. David um, writes in the Psalms, Psalm 27, 14, he says, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Now, whenever you hear the word strong and courageous in the Bible, I don't know about you, but I think most people, they kind of just go, yeah, that's like Joshua. It sums up Joshua, strong and courageous. And I just wonder, when David was writing the Psalm, was he thinking about Joshua? I wonder if he looked at Joshua's life and saw how he waited on the Lord to show up. Um, and for, for many of us this morning that are here today or watching online, maybe you're facing difficult situations. Maybe you're tempted to take things into your own hands to try and fix things yourself. Maybe God just wants to tell you today, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. You know, we were singing there, do not be afraid. Uh, or Dave read us that, that psalm and the, the, the prophet Isaiah as well says, do not be afraid for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. Maybe that's what some of us need to hear this morning. Don't be afraid for God is with you. Whatever you're facing, you can have confidence because God is with you there in it. Um, and just finally, before we get our guest up, uh, just a little point. Joshua continually pointed the people around him to faithfulness. In Joshua chapter 7, um, whenever they had just taken the city of Jericho, God had told them not to take any of the loot, not to take any of the possessions of the city. Um, but Achan had devoted himself to other things. He was desiring wealth and possessions more than God, and he took some of the loot for himself. And Joshua dealt with his sin harshly, and he called all of the Israelites to be faithful to God and to put God first. Um, and then... Obviously, there's a, a focus uh, on the younger generation with Joshua, but all of you kind of more mature people that are here this morning, I'm not letting you off the hook. Um, so as I was saying, when Joshua got to his latter years and he was nearing death, he gathered the 12 tribes of Israel together uh, for one last kind of rally call. Uh, and what did he say? What were his final words? He says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Choose this day who you will serve. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua was someone that just continually lifted the, the gaze of the people around him off the situation and on to God, called him to be faithful throughout his life. I just love how Joshua pointed the people around him to God. He pulled people into faithfulness by how he lived his life. So who are you pointing to God today? Who are you calling in the faithfulness? Um, and that's just where I kind of want to leave us with uh, as um, Daniel comes on up and we're going to interview Daniel just for about 10 minutes here. Um, so Daniel is uh, one of our young adults in church. He goes to uh, Emmanuel Portadown, but he'd be about on Sunday nights at our young adult stuff. And um, he's going to be leading in some of our youth things this year as well. So um, it's great to, to have you up, Daniel. Um, so why don't you just start off by telling us a wee bit about yourself. I'll need to turn that on for you if you just... There you go. 
Hello. There we go. There's a sign. Um, so yeah, I'm Daniel and Daniel Gordon. Um, I'm 20, and yeah, I've been going to Emmanuel for about seven years. Um, and since Emmanuel Portine started, um, I've been going there. Um, but yeah, just a wee bit about my background. Um, so family, there's five of us. Um, mum and dad, who's Kathy and Jason, you might know about church, and then I have an older sister, Molly, and a younger brother, Joel, um, and we also foster, um, so um, I'm sure you've, you've heard about that, if you've heard mum and dad speak um, about church, but um, yeah, sort of when I was growing up, um, I was brought up in the Methodist church in, in Edenderry in Poordown, um, but mum and dad weren't actually saved yet, they weren't Christians, but um, they sort of just sent us to Sunday school and BB and, and all the rest of that um, and it was really when, when I went to Port Balance Racism um, we have a holiday home up there and we went there every year um, so it was sort of there when I was about seven or eight years old that, um, that I got saved but it was sort of because um, mum and dad weren't really saved it wasn't really talked about and um, it just sort of went on with the rest of the school and playing football and that's all I still really cared about um, then about 11 years ago, mum got saved and, and a year later, dad followed. Um, and sort of after that, a couple of years after that, then we, we took the move to Emmanuel Lurgan. Um, and yeah, that's sort of really where my, my journey of, of God sort of really kicked off and, and really started. Um, and then the, the move came from Emmanuel Pordine and it was just it was just right to, to take the move over there as we're from there. And we all love the town and, and we love the people in it. Um, so, yeah. Brilliant. Good stuff. Um, so, like, first and foremost, Joshua, as we were kind of saying there, is someone who just had a desire to encounter God. And I know that you're someone that just has a deep desire and hunger to encounter God. So why don't you tell us a wee bit about that and maybe how that um, hunger started to develop in you? Yeah. Um, so I grew up going to school and... Um, I went through Kilkenny and poured down, and then once third year came, um, it was uh, the year the bi- the big transfer, and um, I didn't I didn't really put enough work in, and I, I just missed out in poured down college, um, and I missed out. It was ended up like two marks or something, um, and one one place, and I was out, and uh, all the all the Christian friends went to poured down college, and I was sort of left going to Graham Senior High School in in poured down campus, and um, it was sort of like. Uh, they're all going over there, and I'm and I'm here, my own, and and you know, I, like I really did struggle at the start, and um, but but then it was sort of like I need God and I need Jesus every single day here to to get through, um, and that's sort of where it really started. That was sort of the year that we came to Manuel as well, and I just realised I needed Jesus every single day, um, and and with that, I started praying more, um, and I started reading more, and I started mm-hmm. um, talking to more people in church, and. Um, I started going to the, the prayer meetings um, on a Wednesday night, and I'd say that's really where I started to, to really kick on and started to learn actually how to pray. Um, like I would say to any young people, person here or any, any anyone really, just if you are struggling to pray, like go to the prayer meeting. Um, mm. Yeah, like get get in with a group. Of so, there's so many wise people that you just get into groups of, of praying around and you pray together and you learn how to pray and, and you listen to them praying. And, um, and I just love going because like every week I was getting like a new encounter with God and it was um, 
I was seeing him more and more move, and then and then I was I was I got excited about going, and I got excited about coming to church. I got excited about coming mm. to church on Sunday evenings, and um, sort of just wanted the the next week to come. And um, yeah, so like I, I would sort of say that those two years in, in senior high really shaped me, and um, God really um, matured me um, physically and um, and spiritually, I suppose, um, and sort of brought me who I am today and um, he started showing me all the, the signs and wonders that he can do and he started showing me the gifts that he has for me and uh, mm. and started showing me people that I, I grew to love and um, grew to grew to pray for as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. I suppose as well when we look at the, the life of Joshua, that was great advice, you know, if you want to learn to pray, go to the prayer meeting and you were saying about get, getting around other people and you were learning from them and when you look at the life of Joshua you know, he was doing that. He was about Moses. He was like staying and lingering in the tent. He went up the mountain. You know, he got around other people who were going after God. And so, yeah, I suppose how we develop that hunger, like we see in your life, is just getting around other people who are hungry for God. So that's brilliant. Um, so Joshua was someone, as we said, was strong and courageous in the face of kind of difficult circumstances. So in your life, maybe you play a lot of football, you go to university, that whole lifestyle, is there times where you kind of have to be strong and courageous in your faith, kind of in the face of difficult opposition or circumstances? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, so I was playing for Annie United um, last season, and we won the league and doing really well, and then um, to sign someone, Robbie Norton, and kick, <laughs> kick me out. So I'm now... <laughs> I'm now playing for Dallenstown. Um, but <laughs> That's not how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I um, sort of grew up all my life playing football. Um, my dad loved playing football. I loved playing football. Um, I went to BB because I played football. Um, and I went to school, played in the school team and just loved football growing up. But um, it was something that mum and dad really sort of drilled into me um, when I was younger that... Um, Football is my number one, and Jesus needs to be my number one. Um, mm. And there are struggles that come through that. And um, I suppose anyone that's sporty or suppose with anything, um, your manager wants thinks that it's a be all and end all. And um, it's probably the same even with any sport, and probably the same even with like a part time job or or your school teacher. Everyone thinks that that needs to be the number one. Um, but for me, it's um, I'm sure the same with you, Robbie. That Jesus is the number one. Um, mm. and um, when playing football, it's it's challenging to get that balance of um, playing and putting your all into football because you need to dedicate yourself. You need to um, mm. play play to the best of your ability, um, but also to have another stage above that and, and not to be Jesus. Um, so what I would say is um, don't miss out on opportunity to spend time with God for for sport. Um, I was growing up in the Methodist Church, and um, their youth events are, are brilliant. Um, and, um, things like Autumn Soul and Soulmates and Overflow, and they're, they're just weekends um, that young people meet and they just, just serve God, and um, they're brilliant. Um, but I always went to them, and I never really missed. Um, and it, it meant that I missed a, a week of, of football, and um, I suppose anyone that plays would know that you miss a week, then you're, you're sort of out of the team until you, you get back in. Um, but you know what? Jesus really honoured me um, when I'd done that. And just the verse that sort of always stuck with me was, honour God and, and he'll honour you. Um, and, and through that, um, I remember when I was, I was going back, I was, it was a under-16 year, and um, 
kind of missed I missed a big important week, um, and I didn't really want to at the time. And then um, I sort of I sort of felt it was it was right. Um, I needed to miss it, and um, I missed a week, and I went to Autumn Soul, and I loved it, um, and I grew so close to God, um, and I came back, and it's probably the best second half of season I've, I've had, um, and. Um, we won the cup and um, I ended up getting player of the year um, at, the, at the end of the season. And you know what? Like, I wasn't the best player in that team. And <laughs> there's no way I was. And it was just, I just fully believe it was because I honoured God and he honoured me and he, he stuck through that. Um, but yeah, I suppose in, in recent years, um, up in uni, um, um, going into third year, um, studying sport at Stromulus, um, and I want to become a secondary PE teacher um, but yeah sort of the struggles with that and football um, the area around going out and drinking it sort of came up a lot and it is just an area of um, doubt and concern and, and even Christians um, have discussions and, and no one's really sure of what the, the correct thing to do is but um, I just remember in the car one time going to football and um, it was a it was a away match um, and I was playing for the Anna at this time and Dad just said to me in the car, he said, um, if, you, um, if you never take a drink, it's something the devil um, can't tempt you with. It's just something, one less thing he can't tempt you with. Um, and if you never know that, then it's um, something that you don't have to, to worry about the devil tempting you with. So that sort of always stuck with me. And um, whether it be up in uni or at a, an away match in football, um, by me not doing that or not really taking part in that, it, it opens up more conversations about Jesus and um, Jesus can be in the centre of that as well. Um, so that's maybe a wee bit of advice. Mm. Brilliant. And just kind of the, the round it up then, um, like a real parallel I see in your life, even as you were talking about, you know, football and that party lifestyle at university, um, you just are able to pull people into like a faithfulness to God the way Joshua did just by how you live your life. Like people see the sacrifices you make you know, I've seen it when you're up at uni, and it has a real example on uh, on other people. So I think often sometimes you think you maybe need to be leading a ministry to do that type of thing. But can you tell us just a little bit of maybe how you were able to pull some of the lads around you at uni and football into that place just, you know, throughout your everyday life? Yeah, I um, sort of when I thought about this, um, first thing that came to my mind was something my youth pastor in the Methodist taught me, um, Mark Hand, he, he taught me this thing that was the one, two, three, and the one is someone older and wiser you look up to and you mm. go to for advice, and then the two is um, people around you, the same age as you, that love God, um, and then three people that you can be praying for or a wee bit younger and, and bring it through, and um, I suppose when I went to uni, um, the, the two or, um, or one especially um, has has really developed, um, and and with that, I um, we started to pray more. And um, yeah, so when I was growing up through school, um, I didn't really have too many um, Christian friend groups. It was maybe the, the schools I went to or circumstances like that, but I didn't really have too many friend um, Christian friend groups. Um, but sort of when I went to uni, that's developed, and um, I'm really blessed to have that now. Um, and I suppose sort of. Um, it was, it was around the time Ali was speaking up here every Sunday night about, about revival and um, things just started to happen and um, our friend group, so we were staying up in Str Stramellis Halls um, and 
one of my best friends, Ali, at the time, he goes to church here, and we were just driving up on Sunday nights after church, um, and we just talked about church the whole way up um, in the car. And when we got there, um, we just went into one of each other's rooms, and we just prayed, and um, it was nothing special. And the other people in the flat came in and prayed too, and the girls in the other flat came over and they prayed as well, and there was maybe... 10 or 12 people in the one room and it was a wee small room and we just we just prayed and we just <laughs> prayed and it was nothing special and um, we didn't do a wee routine or anything we just we just prayed um, and with that um, it really brought our friend group closer um, and Elliot and I our friend our friend and ship closer and um, we just encourage each other we um, just if um, one of us are struggling to read um, that week, we just said, well, we'll do it together or we'll just go and pray together. Um, and that's something that's really shaped me and, and shaped us as well. Um, mm-hmm. So with that, um, I was sort of like um, talking about that verse of um, walk with the wise and you'll become wise, but the, the companions of fools suffers harm. And just um, <clears throat> walking with wise people up in uni mm-hmm. just really... Um, stands by me and, and really draws me close to God and draws other people close to God with that um, accountability and just that real desire of wanting to see more happen. Um, and yeah, just another wee um, story a couple of years ago. Um, so I went went to senior high school and then I went to <coughs> RMISRC um, to study sports science. Um, and when I was there, um, there was two friends I was really close to um, and I loved them to bits, but um, they didn't love God and and they still don't love God, and I'm still praying for them, but um, I just set an alarm on my phone um, at break time. It was the same time every day, um, and you would be going to the shop, and um, my alarm went off, and the first week, they were like, oh, Daniel's at your alarm to wake up, and then I was like, I just sort of pass it by, um, but it was sort of an alarm to, to pray for them, and when we were walking around the shop, it was just a reminder, reminder of me just praying for them individually, but sort of as the, as the week went on they sort of called and they're like Daniel why is your alarm keep going off and they were starting to get annoyed a wee bit and they're like well um, I'm being honest I'm just, I'm just praying for you um, as we walk along um, and um, yeah that just sort of brought more conversations and, and the wee conversations we had walking to the shop um, was, was unreal um, and then <coughs> we had that formal um at the end of the of the year, and remember this girl come up to me and she she said, um, "Daniel, why are you not drinking? You're you're really boring." And um, my my mate Craig, who who wasn't who was drinking that night, um, <laughs> he um, he just said, um, "Will you go away?" Or maybe in different words, um, <laughs> and <laughs> will you will you go away if he doesn't want to drink? He doesn't want to drink, um, and. That just sort of showed me that he just fully respected what I was doing, and um, he loved me for it, even though he didn't really love me doing it all the time. Um, but I'm still praying for him, and I just keep praying that that he one day gets saved, and he one day um, has a story of um, his testimony is um, maybe me praying for him, and that was the start of it. So. Awesome, awesome. Thanks. Uh, why don't we give Daniel a round of applause? He's brilliant. Thank you very much.
Yeah, sorry, we, uh, we ran over time a little bit. Um, and we're going to let you go in a wee minute to pick up your kids and everything. So we're just going to pray uh, for Daniel. And then, I don't know, Phil, do you want to come back up? Or will we just, yeah, Phil will round us up. Um, so, yeah, why don't you just reach out your hand um, to Daniel as we uh, pray for him. Yeah, Father God, we just want to thank you for this young man who um, is just so faithful to you, God. Thank you that he has his priorities right, God, that you are his number one. God, thank you that you've honored him for that over the years. We pray that you would continue to bless him and honor him as he puts you first in his life, God. It says um, in Numbers that Joshua was full of the Spirit, and it says in in Joshua that he um, wholeheartedly followed God. And that's something that I see in you, Daniel. You're someone that wholeheartedly follows God. And so I just pray, God, would you bless him and honor Daniel as he wholeheartedly gives his life to following you, God? Would you give him opportunities, Lord God, at university to, to share with his friends, to lead people to Jesus, God? We pray for favor in his football, God. Would you just go before him, God, open doors for him, God? Again, give him opportunities at football, Lord God. Um, would he know that you are his number one, God, and that you have him placed there at dawn's time for such a time as this, God? So just, yeah, um, have favor on him, bless him, God. Just lavish your love upon him afresh this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Phil. Add other than just saying that great wisdom coming from two young men. Come on, give them a round of applause. <laughs> so, appreciate you so much, Robbie. Appreciate you, Daniel, just what you've done this morning. Thanks to everybody who were watching online. And uh, the Lord bless you this week. We'll hand you over to the guys there at the back. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.